0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: The Rams are Super Bowl champions. It still sounds insane to say that out loud, but I am already down bad in the merchandise department. Spent a lot of money. And listen, if you guys want to drop some money on merch from this game, we partnered with Nico Sports to bring you guys this exclusive limited edition commemorative football to celebrate the LA Rams being world champions, the Super Bowl 56. Uh, And it's limited edition, they're only making 5,000 of these. So if you are considering getting a limited edition football, you're going to want to hit the link in the description of this podcast and use our promo code RAMSTalk, all caps, no spaces. And you're gonna get a discount, ten percent off this exclusive product. I, uh, it's it's a clean football, guys. Uh, it's awesome. It's gonna look good on your mantle and the man cave or whatever, wherever you got your games. Put in the fo- put in the case. I, uh, it's an awesome football. And as we know, we don't know when we're gonna get another one of these. So, I'm I'm getting as much merch as possible. And. Uh, This is a really cool football from Nico Sports, and and I hope that you guys can take a look. Click the link in the description of this podcast. Uh, And if you want to get yourself one, use our promo code and grab it. But for now, let's go talk about this game.
0: How how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't doing it. For you, you personally,
2: I think we ain't done yet.
1: was sending a text that's why i forgot to jump in on the intro (laughs) Uh, welcome to the first super bowl era episode of the butting heads podcast uh i'm c Ribeiro here with johnny gomez johnny we how do we cover a team now that they've won like what what do we like (laughs) like what's the goal i guess win again
2: yeah, I mean, I think that's the goal every year is to to bring home the Lombardi trophy. Uh that's gonna be challenging, but that's for future podcasts. Uh for now we just gotta bask in the glory. That is the Super Bowl champs.
1: You know, I will say this, and uh I, I heard Derek say this on the postgame pod, and I feel like you kind of refuted him on that on this, but he was kind of saying like there's a rebuild coming for this team at some point, and it's going to be hard to bring all their guys back. It's like not going to be very hard to bring all their guys back. Like assuming that Sean McVay and Aaron Donald don't retire, the vast majority of this core is going to be back next year. It, you know, we'll get deeper into this in the weeks to come. It's not something we're going to dive deep into today, but they can restructure contracts really easily to free up cap space and um the the core of this team is signed into contracts long term i mean i know wit's probably gonna retire and i mean but even without him like they could restructure money and theoretically keep all their big players you know they can't keep every single player they're gonna have to make a choice between like darius williams and other things like that but theoretically they could clear up a ton of cap room and keep the core of this team even von miller
2: well uh we'll, we'll get into that I'll, I'll let you know my my thoughts on that it's gonna be sadly another long off season, but cut a little short with this super bowl run
1: yeah <laughs> it's uh it's nice that we're not starting in january we get a nice first off season pod february 16th which is great that's delightful, and for our long-time listeners, know that this is where we thrive. Just coming up with shit to talk about for our new listeners. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy it. But uh, we're going to recap out the Super Bowl today, man. We, are, we got one last game to talk about. Uh, we were both on the post-game pod. Johnny, very much so, me, briefly. But I think today we'll just kind of run through everything we liked and didn't like. From this game, uh, before we get into that, I mean the the one big piece of news out right now. Once again, the Rams coaching staff is being poached. Kevin O'Connell, our offensive coordinator, is heading to Minnesota as their head coach. I mean, how could you blame them? Zach Taylor's in the Super Bowl. Sean McVay's in the Super Bowl. Matt Lafleur was almost in the Super Bowl for multiple years now. Brandon Staley turning the Chargers around. I, I, how could you blame people for coach poaching our staff? The guy who white would be in line to replace Kevin O'Connell if they promoted from within, uh, Thomas Brown, is being interviewed to be Kevin O'Connell's offensive coordinator. So we might lose him too. It's just another poaching season. But, like, clearly, it doesn't really matter. We were still found a way to win a Super Bowl while getting poached by everybody.
2: I, I mean, at this point, it's like pretty much every coach in the NFL is going to be under the Sean McVay tree. It's just getting ridiculous at this point. But, uh, you know, that just goes to show you that not only do the Rams have like the king of, of the head coaches right now. Um, I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily say he's the best coach in in the NFL. I think you still have to give that to guys like Andy Reid and Bruce Arians, but Damn, he, if you wouldn't be able to say he's at least the
1: top five head coach. Sean McVay I mean, is a better coach than Bruce Arians. Oof, I will say that. I will say that with no hesitation. Wow, those shot's fired there. I mean, not not that he's a bad coach. I I, I just personally would definitely take Sean McVay over him. I I mean, honestly,
2: it, it's hard to it's hard to disagree with you there, given that uh, he has a Super Bowl under his belt now. And he's the youngest coach in the NFL to ever do it. So, yeah, uh, kudos to Sean McVay, and uh, hopefully he doesn't retire.
1: I mean, yeah, like for, for all the guys' flaws, if we're going to sit here and talk about what coaches we like better, for me, Phil Belichick, Dandy Reed, that's probably the end of my list
2: yeah I mean, that's good company there. i I actually forgot that Bill Belichick is still coaching. i, I <laughs> now now that Tom Brady had retired, i I automatically assumed that Belichick was was going with them, but you're right, he's still in New England, and New England does have a promising young team with a promising young quarterback. So I mean, you gotta you gotta factor that Bill Belichick will be a force at some point in the future, whether it be next year. Or in, in the next few years?
1: Well, even if he's not, he he's the best coach in the league until he retires. They could go 0-17 for the next five years, uh, and I will stay on the hill. I, I didn't say Mike Tomlin either, uh, Jim Harbaugh. I mean, those are the the other only, only other guys in that class, I would say. It's like th- I those guys I would are still the take tom- Sean McVay, though. Yeah, I would take him over Harbaugh. I don't know about Tomlin. I think Tomlin's stock has only gone up, even though he hasn't been winning – a ton since what happened with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell after they left the Steelers, like his stock has only gone up because he kept that team under control. <laughs> it's hard not to <laughs> hard not to respect him, man. He's a great coach. Uh,
2: I mean, that's more than what Bruce Arians could say about Antonio Brown, but
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's well, like with with the poaching thing, like a. This has been happening for since twenty eighteen, right? And it has it hasn't affected us to a huge extent. I mean, I mean, O'Connell was there for two years and uh, he was useful, and they're going to have to replace him. He was a valuable part of this offense, but I'm not worried. You know, I'm I'm not worried, and we're going to keep Raheem Morris. It looks like, right? I don't think there's any other head coaching openings out there, which is great for us. You know, hopefully he gets another chance someday, but it's good for us.
2: It, I mean, it, it, I guess there could be other teams that could try and rope him in for the same position.
1: Uh, I, don't, though I, don't I don't know why he'd want to do that. Yeah, he's not leaving unless he gets a head coaching job. There's no reason. I suppose there's college football. Yeah, I guess it's fair. I, I, I think I think he is... Going to get another shot at a head coach in the NFL, I I feel like. Uh, wasn't this year, I guess. You know, uh, I guess Lobby Smith is a better hire. <laughs> but uh, neither here nor there. Hopefully he gets a shot at some point. Um, well, let's talk about this game. Uh, I made a list of things I liked and didn't like. So I think we could start with the positives, Johnny. And then uh, we could do the negatives later because we should take as long of a victory lap as we can right
2: hey I, i'm all for it you know I, we'll actually hear hear uh sober johnny's thoughts this time so uh <laughs> <laughs> let's let's hear it steve
1: well all right so i'll, I'll run through my list and it, it like literally if you have things you want to jump in and bring up Feel free. Like, we we don't have to flow on this spot. I mean, we always flow. We're a great team. But we don't have to, like, stick to my list. I wanted to start with the thing I like the most about this game, Johnny. Despite all the ram- things that the Rams did, my favorite part of this game was Zach Taylor's inexplicable obsession with not only playing Samajay Ryan, but giving him the ball in key situations. Like, imagine if we were sitting here on this podcast, because the Rams lost the game. Because on third and one, the biggest possession of the game, uh, like, it, it, there's not even a comparison for this current roster. I feel like this would have been like if in 2017, in a playoff game, it's third and one, there's a minute left, and Todd Gurley's on the bench because you want Lance Dunbar in the game to run the ball. Like, they had Joe Mixon on the sidelines for third and one and fourth and one, and not only like they actually handed the ball to Samaje Ryan and I just rewatched the game, and on that third and one at the end of the game, uh, which set up the Aaron Donald sack on fourth down, P R- Joe Mixon I think would have gotten that first down. P Ryan was close, but Donald was just strong enough. Like he was just so strong that he just straight up pulled him backwards and tackled him. And I don't think he would have been able to do that with Joe Mixon. I just want to thank Zach Taylor for doing his one final favor. Like, what the fuck are they doing? I, I don't know why he plays that much. Joe Mixon can catch the football.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, to tell you the truth, I, I don't understand the usage of of uh, Mixon at times in, in Cincinnati. Uh, I feel like he's underused, and, and, and I can kind of understand in a way because you have such impressive weapons in the receiving core. yeah. And Samajit P. Mean, Ryan
1: is not one of them. He's not one of those no. shiny toys.
2: He's not. He, he's absolutely not.
1: He's like Wheezy in Toy Story 2. No disrespect to Wheezy. <laughs> he got himself fixed up. He was a good toy at the end of the movie. But they left him on the shelf for a reason.
2: Damn. Getting compared to Wheezy. <laughs> Poor Wheezy. Anyway, um, Joe Mixon is. Uh, I mean, he he ha- he didn't have like the most incredible game in, in uh, the Super Bowl, but you know what? He made some key plays when when they counted. So the fact that Zach Taylor didn't go back to him as often as he should have it it just blows my mind. This wasn't this was kind of an area where the Rams' defense. You know, struggled that time. So why wouldn't you run the ball more? I think for Zach Taylor, it was kind of an ego thing because that was kind of one of the things that you know the Bengals' offense kind of touted. Uh, you know, prior to the to the game, was that they were going to attack, 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 and they weren't going to be afraid of of you know Jalen Ramsey or anybody else. And you know, that's that's all good and well. And I do think that you should show confidence and you should you shouldn't abandon the way you play completely. but if something's working for you and it's out of the ordinary, um, why not? You know, I, I think I think uh, Zach Taylor kind of showed his uh, you know, inexperience there, and maybe it was a bit of an ego thing, but uh, you know. At the end, you got to kind of shrug your shoulders if you're a Bengals fan or, uh, you know, somebody from the outside looking in, simply because this team is well put together and you know they're going to be in the Super Bowl picture for quite some time. So, um, like Sean McVay had to learn back in 2018, you know, Zach Taylor is going to learn from his mistakes, I feel.
1: Yeah, but also... It is very hard to get back to the Super Bowl. I mean, I know we did it quickly, but we had to move fucking mountains to make that happen, man. Like, there are not—there are way less players on this roster that contributed in 2018 than you would think. Uh, And, you know, guys that played in this game that contributed in the 2018 Super Bowl, I mean, it's like Andrew Whitworth, Aaron Donald, who else? Johnny Hecker, like Cooper Cup yeah. was injured in that game. Tyler Higbee contributed, but he didn't play in this game. Robert Woods didn't play in this game. You know, you have to – we we lucked out with just how aggressive Les Snead was in making things happen and bringing in Ramsey and bringing in Miller and bringing in Beckham and bringing in Stafford. And the, the Bengals, let's be real, like they are going to be a good team in the mix for a long time. This was kind of a fluky run. They are not better than the Chiefs. They are not better than the Bills. They they could get back here, sure, but it's really hard. And if you're a Bengals fan, you're staring at the fact that your coach gave Samaj P. Ryan a handoff with a minute left in the football game.
2: <laughs> you, you know, those, those are all, all, all valid points. And, like, and imagine, you're absolute...
1: imagine if on the jet sweep to Cooper Cup, we handed it off to Ben Skoranek.
2: Oh, my God. Like, that's the same I, thing. I... <laughs> I, I could see I could see you pissed off already. <laughs> but uh I I mean it, you're absolutely right in in a couple of different areas particularly getting back to the Super Bowl. I mean uh in, in one way you can almost look back at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who literally brought back their entire roster last year and didn't even come close really uh to the to the Super Bowl. So um uh, there was some contributing factors, admittedly, but um,
1: that's kind of going somewhat off topic. Yeah, there. but you're you're not wrong though. I mean, they had a lot of injuries because it's hard to get they back did. to a Super Bowl. You know that that's a that's a factor in it,
2: for sure. Uh, but kind of the the point with the Bengals though is, you know, I, I agree with you. There are teams certainly better than the Bengals on the AFC roster or in the AFC conference, rather. Um, But at the same time, this is an incredibly young team. They have loads of cap space and, you know, they still have draft picks. So they, they have the tools um, to get them, to make them potentially even better than they were this year. So it, it will be a lot easier for them than it was for the Rams. The Rams, as you said, had to move mountains to get to where they were and I just think it's going to be a lot easier for the Bengals than it was for the Rams.
1: Yeah, and I don't think—I'd be shocked if Cooper or Joe Burrow had a Jared Goff-like fall-off. That being said, I was shocked that Jared Goff had a Jared Goff-like fall-off, fall off. but uh, I think yeah. Burrow is better right now than Goff was during our Super Bowl run. Um, no question. Yeah, but enough Bengals talk. Speaking of toys left on the shelf, Johnny, Uh-oh. the— I mean, I won't say unsung because people have been sing his praises, but one of my favorite parts of this game was the performance of Bryson Hopkins. And, like, this is a guy, if you've been listening to the pod all year or for the last two years, we have just been constantly shitting on because he hasn't done anything, because he hasn't played. And to me, that always felt like he's not playing because he's not doing anything in practice and not proving his worth. Uh, but good God, man. This dude in it really his first meaningful NFL snaps basically in the fucking Super Bowl, it just plays great. He had on the final drive, he made two catches. Uh, he had four total in the game. he had one coming into this game. Uh, on the final drive he made two catches and laid a huge key block on the Cooper Cup jet sweep on fourth and one if he doesn't make that block, they might lose the game. Uh, you know, they with Odell out, somebody needed to step up. And Jesus Christ, did I not expect the guy to step up to be Bryson Hopkins. But I'm happy to be proven wrong. Uh, this is really, you know, the Rams always have that next man up mentality. And, like, not to continue to drag Skaronic, But when you look at, like, how he has played stepping in when you didn't expect to get much out of him. And you got less than nothing from him. Compared to how Hopkins stepped in this game, man, it's crazy. And I know it's only one game, but if he can block and he can catch, he should easily be our number two tight end next year. And it's almost like, why haven't they given him a chance when Higby is out and when Munt got injured? Because you no, know, you invest a decent drop capital on him and like, he looks good. Like He actually looks good. It's insane uh just a huge shout out to this guy i'm i'm delighted to be proven wrong that he's actually a contributing player man this was a you dare i say they they might not win the game without his performance like it is the final drive of the game and they are throwing the ball to Bryson Hopkins and it's working like it's just cra- imagine telling yourself that 4 days ago man it's insane
2: I mean you're you're not wrong, man. I mean, this is a guy if there was ever uh, a time to truly step up and contribute it, it's the Super Bowl and uh you know, I, I'm not gonna lie when uh when I found out that Tyler Higby wasn't gonna play in this game, I was a little bummed because I mean, I feel like bro- Tyler Higby is is kind of like a player that that doesn't get enough credit. I know he, he'll never be considered among the great tight ends in, in uh in the NFL right now, but you know what? He he's a solid tight end, definitely somebody you want
1: playing for your team on Super Bowl Sunday, you know? Yeah, and with, and, with Odell out, they would have fed him targets.
2: Without oh, like, no without a doubt.
1: Because they they had nothing besides Cup when Odell went out.
2: Yeah, I mean, really the the Rams are grasping at straws there. There was nothing there. Um they, they really didn't have any other options but to kind of uh, get um, Bryson Hopkins out there. And, and you know what, he took advantage of, of every opportunity that was kind of given to him. And that that's, that's spectacular. I mean, uh, some of this credit you too will also have to kind of give to Matthew Stafford for finding these guys and, sure. you know, not, not, you know, giving up on them because, he knows that he doesn't have his his premier wide receivers out here, there. His his uh, you know reliable tight end out there. He's he's working with guys that you know you wouldn't normally see on the roster, you know. And, and the fact that he put his faith in these guys, you know that that that's a major kudos as well. And but
1: well, like the, yeah, Stafford was a big part of that, but also like he was trying to get the ball to Van Jefferson and Ben Skaronic, and they were giving him nothing. I, I know they both had, like, what, two catches each maybe, but, like, I don't know what the fuck happened with Van Jefferson, man, but there's just no connection there. And, I mean, obviously, Ben Skoranek's Ben Skaronic, Like, you know, we, we talked about it at length. And so, like, yeah, there's a lot of credit to Stafford to be throwing the ball to, you know, not, on, not only Skoranek, but Bryce Hopkins and Daryl Henderson, guys who— when Henderson, he hasn't targeted in weeks and in Hopkins has probably never thrown a pass to, uh, besides maybe occasionally in practice. So yeah, credit to both of them. Uh, obviously you got to give Stafford credit. And on that last drive, especially, uh, you know, one of the things on my list is just the game script of that drive. It felt like McVeigh kind of realized finally that like what they usually do when their stars are on the field, isn't going to work. And it kind of felt like a Jared Goff game script where they were just playing short, chipping away, even throwing a jet sweep in there for all time's sake. Obviously, did the one big gain to Cup, but it was just a lot of short, chippy passes. It was a 15-play drive. Obviously, got a little long at the end with the penalties, but um, that whole drive is, a, the, you know, obviously Hopkins, but a huge testament to McVay and Stafford and Cup after just, what was it, three or four drives where they just went nowhere where, you know, like, the team was playing out of their mind. I was sitting there like, their offense can't do anything. They still need to score more points to win the game. Uh, Those three, man, they just figured it out, and they got it done at the end of the day.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: Yeah, I I mean it, it it was it's kind of amazing when you really go back and you look at the the film and you look at um just consider what how the Rams even got there to that point. And and I was kind of thinking about this earlier. Like you think <laughs> especially with the wide receiver depth, you would think that the Rams have absolutely zero receivers and the truth is they have receivers. They're just hurt, you know, and, and even they lose OBJ, who
1: was having a hell of a game before he went out.
0: Yeah, and it, they, it's just it, it was sucks. lifeless,
1: man, it's, after he went out. That offense was lifeless for a long time after he got injured.
2: Yeah, and, and it's and it's pretty much just that, you know, Cup was your only really reliable receiver there. I mean. These guys did step up in, in ways, but uh, yeah, I have to agree with you about Van Jefferson. He's kind of been disappointing, not even just in the Super Bowl either, you know, pretty much throughout the playoffs. You know, you, you could kind of give him the benefit of the doubt because I imagine his his kid was on his mind. You know, he for those of you that don't know, uh, Van Jefferson, you know, was, you know, during the game, his wife was having uh, having their baby. And, uh, you know, I, I imagine that was on his mind too, but I mean, you can't really use that as an excuse per se, because throughout the, really, even the second half of the 2021 season, he hasn't been that great. You know, he, he's had flashes here and there, but you know, if you compare it to the start of the season, he, at the start of the season, he looked like, you know, someone that was going to take away a lot of uh, receptions from, you know, guys like Cooper Cup and, and Robert Woods. And, you know, towards the end, he just, he was just there.
1: Yeah, there was no, it felt like there was no chemistry either between him and Stafford the last couple of weeks. And I don't know what happened. Maybe he he shifted positions and the routes he was running when they bring in Odell and lose Robert Woods. Um, but yeah, he was getting them nothing. And the, I mean, the fact that they're splitting his plays with Ben Skoranek, a couple of those games, I know it didn't last that long, but like, I think that says a lot about both Stafford and McVeigh's trust in this guy. I, no you know, on one of the interceptions by Stafford, you know, it was a audible mid play. He tells Van to go deep and he does, but one-on-one coverage, he makes no effort to make a play on the ball. He kind of just runs past it. It's just, he's young, like, he's got time to develop, but, and unfortunately with the injury to Odell, even if they bring him back, he's going to continue to get plays next year. But, like, shit, man, based on the last couple of weeks, a door is open for two two to carve out a role in this offense, if he's anything. Uh, because, yeah, he's been miserable. It sucks. He was really good at the start of the year. I don't know what happened. I hope it's just a fluke. This game maybe is his kids on his mind, but I don't think it's an excuse for the last 2 months unless there's something that bad happened that we don't know. Uh not that I'm
2: aware of, but uh either Tutu Atwell or for Jacob Harris, either one of those guys needs to come into the picture next year because uh obviously we can't rely completely on on Van Jefferson or, or Ben Skoranek.
1: Well, they're getting Robert Woods back. I would guess he's back around, like, hopefully he's back for week one. Um, you know, unfortunately, I think the injury probably makes it more likely that they bring back Odell. I think they were going to bring him back regardless. He's he's probably not going to be ready for week one. But, I mean, Jesus with Cam Akers and what happened, you never know. But we'll see. It, it'll be interesting to talk about the receiving core in the coming weeks. Uh, we got to wrap up the receiving core with Cooper Cup, obviously. Man, MVP, well-deserved. Could have been him or Donald, but two touchdowns in this game put the team on his back on that last drive. There's no way that you can argue with Cooper Cup winning the MVP. Just he's the only option on offense after Odell goes down, and it doesn't matter. Like he's still getting open. Uh this is, I think, easily, maybe not easily, but for me, this is the best receiver, start receiving season start to finish by a receiver ever. It is, I've said it a bunch, but it's just insane that we are saying that about Cooper Cup. You know, given that we watch this guy for four years, always been good, always been reliable, always been a great route runner. Um, But man, just, I don't know if it says more about him or Jared Goff that this is the season he had this year. Uh, Somebody brought up, I saw, I think it was on Reddit, a tweet from last season, like November, Devonta Adams called Cooper Cup the most underrated receiver in the league. Shit, man, he was right. And Adams probably held that title, too, before he broke out. Uh, we're lucky to have this guy, man. I wore my Cooper Cup jersey every game in the playoffs, so now I have to continue to wear it until they lose.
2: <laughs> yeah, keep keep wearing that, Steve. Uh, you know, that that was kind of going to be a topic that I was going to bring up, is uh, uh, do you believe that Cooper Cup was the rightful Super Bowl MVP or should it have gone to Aaron Donald? Or even Von Miller for that matter. Yeah, it could have been um, Von
1: too, man. It could have been any of those three. Um but I think yeah. two touchdowns, I think was the right call. I guess they vote on it before the like with I think I guess a lot of them I think I heard they voted on it before the last possession. Um but uh yeah, I mean it could have been Von too. Yeah, you're right. You had an incredible game. But I, I think I think it should have been Cup or Donald giving like you no, know, I know it's only this game, but we know what they have meant to the team all year, and they both made the game winning plays at the end of this game. But I, I, it felt like it should have been Donald after the last play. But I'm fine with Cup. It he also deserved it. Maybe they should have done a co MVP.
2: Yeah, I, I I think that would have probably been the better option uh, because it, it could have gone like you said. It could have gone either way. Um, I'm not sad that Cup won it. Uh, because quite frankly, I I still think he was robbed of the, of the NFL MVP, but, um, that's a whole separate matter. But as far as, uh, anyone else's concern, yeah, could have been Donald. Hell, it could have even been Miller, but, uh, yeah, still happy for Cooper cup. Uh, if anyone, if
1: anyone deserves it, it's for sure him. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I mean, I got Stafford on my list, one of the things I liked in this game. Touchdown to o- Odell was insane. His touchdowns to cup were, were great throws. I, not much else to say. And I'm sure we'll talk about him in the coming weeks. Um, well, I guess the talk out of this game is now there's a lot of debate around him being a Hall of Famer. I mean, what do you think? Is he a Hall of Famer after this season?
2: If there was a Hall of really good, he might eventually be get in. He would not be a first ballot in the Hall of Really Good. Uh, you know, that that's kind of the thing is uh, just because you go to the Super Bowl, how you even win the Super Bowl, doesn't necessarily mean that you're granted access to the Hall of Fame. These are the best of the best. And while Matthew Stafford is a hell of a quarterback, had a hell of a career, I don't know if you can honestly say that he deserves that gold jacket. You know that that's just I. I mean, you look at this season. Can you honestly say that this was Matthew Stafford alone that got the Rams to the uh, to the Super Bowl? You could say he helped. You could certainly say he was a step up above Jared Goff, which honestly, at this point, is kind of. <laughs> you know pointless to point that out cuz clearly he is the better quarterback between the two um but again that's not necessarily <laughs> that's not what will get you into Canton you know th- this is this is something that you have to really do well from from basically the beginning of your career to the end and really like carry the, your team and, and while he, like I said, he did help. This was a, as much of a team effort to get to the Super Bowl as it could possibly get. And I, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little bit too harsh. What do you think, Steve?
1: I, I, simul- I agree that he's not a Hall of Famer. I don't think you're giving him enough credit. There's no doubt that him stepping in elevated this team. Now, granted, th- there's, there's probably around 10 other quarterbacks that you could have plugged in that would have elevated the team. I don't know if they would win a Super Bowl with all those guys because this guy's clutch gene is undisputed. He had it in Detroit, and he had it here. And you saw it on full display on the last drive of this game, man. He just steps up in big moments. He's a great player. I'm not shutting the door on him being a Hall of Famer, but he needs to have a couple more years at this level with the Rams. I I know people will be – like he's only made one Pro Bowl – people are right to point out that that shouldn't hold that much weight on a hall of fame case, but also you've only made one and it sucks. Like we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Like it sucks at the pro Bowls at the end of the season now because, uh, or it's not at the end of the season. I mean, because he would have made it, he would have been an alternate, uh, and he would have gotten in, but they didn't put him in because he wouldn't be able to play anyways. But to only make one in all that time. In Detroit is, it kind of says a lot, you know, he was carrying bad teams, but also, I don't know, man, it, it it feels ridiculous to say he should be in the Hall of Fame after just this season. He took a huge step forward, and if he plays at this level and leads the Rams on deep playoff runs for the next two, three years, even if they don't win another Super Bowl, then we could have that conversation, but we should not be having it today.
2: So if, if Matthew Stafford wins, let's say he wins one more Super Bowl. Does he get in?
1: It's kind of like an arbitrary thing, but yeah, probably. I mean, I think Eli's going to get in, and at that point, he's a, he's he has a better resume than Eli if he does this again. Because Eli, he, but Eli, even fucking Eli has been in four Pro Bowls, dude. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, so yeah, it's like I don't know. It's it's stupid out of the conversation now. I don't think if he retires tomorrow, he's never making the Hall of Fame. And I don't think that's controversial to say. But a couple more years, and he's he's young for a quarterback at, in today's day and age. Uh, he just turned 34. So, I mean, you got to think he's got at least two more years at this level. And if the team sticks together, shit, we'll have that conversation later. Uh, worth every penny, though, man. You cannot argue that the trade was a mistake ever again. This is what they made the trade for. We're here.
2: You know what, Steve? Um, your your comment there just reminded me of something I wanted to bring up, and I'm probably going off topic here, but uh, um, hell with it, why not? Uh, so you you basically mentioned about you know spending a lot to get Matthew Stafford, and you know certainly it, it was worth it. You know it, even if the Rams only get the Super Bowl out of him being in L.A. Um, I, I think anybody would agree that it's worth every penny.
1: I would have traded ten um, first to win a Super Bowl, dude. Fucking cares? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. what?
2: So my question to you is: There's this kind of mantra that um, the Rams essentially quote unquote bought a a Super Bowl. And I have mixed feelings about that statement. Like I can kind of understand why people would suggest that. But it like I, I'm trying to wrap my full mind around this because in the end, like I don't understand it completely. Um do you think that's just hater? Or do you think that uh or do you think that's absolutely true?
1: I, I mean like yeah they did in a sense but it's it's just a stupid conversation to have to me you know in a sport where there's a salary cap you you can't be the yankees and just outspend everybody right like correct me wrong in baseball if you wanted to spend two billion dollars on your team you can right
2: uh yeah absolutely you you can uh there's some luxury tax that you have to you know worry about but uh uh, these teams, especially teams like the New York Yankees or the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, they they can afford the luxury tax.
1: Yeah, and so like the the Rams did not do like just to compare it to like the Warriors when they signed Kevin Durant. The Rams didn't do it at that level, but people will say that shit like, "Oh, they bought they brought Kevin Durant. Of course they're going to win." Yeah, but they set themselves up to be able to a have cap room somehow to bring in Kevin Durant and B build a team from the ground up that was desirable enough for Kevin Durant to want to go there. And the Rams did not do it at that level. They didn't bring in Kevin Durant. But uh, they built a team that was desirable enough that they could trade for these big stars, uh, trade a bunch of picks to do it, and these guys would, A, not only want to come here, but stay here and play hard for us. Uh, it's Yeah, you sure, they... They traded picks to bring in Jalen Ramsey. They traded picks to bring in Von Miller, Matthew Stafford. Uh, But, like, the team built Les Need and Sean McVay built this team up. You know, they weren't always just buying players since they started. I mean, I guess they started pretty early with, like, Marcus Peters, Brandon Cooks, yada, yada, yada. But the the core pieces of this team, and people have pointed out, Aaron Donald drafted. Cooper Cup drafted. Uh, A lot of the guys around the edges drafted with later picks, you know, if they were if (laughs) if they were drafting the same way that they drafted between like 2006 and 2008, they don't even sniff a Super Bowl because rather than drafting guys like Jordan Fuller and Nick Scott and guys that were contributing at the end of the draft, they're just drafting bums that are out of league in three years. So, yeah, in a sense, sure, they did buy a Super Bowl, but if buying a Super Bowl was easy, why doesn't everybody do it? Because in a salary cap sport, you don't have the advantage where you can just outspend people. It's a level playing field for everyone. The Rams have an advantage because of their location and because of the team they built previously to get talent in the building to A, like, A, yeah, they're in L.A. That's a huge advantage. But B, it, it, people aren't going to the Chargers like this. <laughs> that's a good point. And maybe they will in a couple of years, but like they put themselves in this position to be able to mortgage the farm to bring, bring in a championship. But like if the Dolphins traded all their picks for the next five years, that doesn't mean that they would win the championship next year.
2: Yeah, no, no question. And, and that's kind of what I was getting at because like it, it was just such a weird argument to me where I, I could kind of see their point in a way where, Yeah, the the Rams did do quite a bit of trades. They pretty much spent every last dime that they had. And and in that regard, sure, I guess that you could say that they bought their Super Bowl. but But in other ways, basically how you said, there's no way to truly buy your Super Bowl when you have the same amount of money as every other team in the league you were granted the same amount of picks as every other team in the league. You may not have that many anymore because you traded them away, but at at one point you had the same amount of draft picks as every other team in the league. So it just boggles my mind as to how this this works. Like how do you how do you say that they bought a championship without actually having an advantage of more money or more picks? or anything like that, it just, I don't know, like, I, it just, it makes me laugh whenever I hear that, because you can cl- clearly see the hater aid when, when people say that kind of comment.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a level playing field, and I think um, it, it might, like, I don't, I don't know shit about hockey, but I mean, out of baseball, basketball, and football, it, this is the most difficult sport by far to, like, quote-unquote, buy a championship, in basketball, Anthony Davis can say he wants to go to the Lakers. And it's kind of dumb, but it will happen eventually. You know, like he's gonna get there if that's what he wants. Uh in the in the NFL, like, yeah, if I mean I know we're not gonna get him, but hypothetically, if Aaron Rodgers just said, I want to go play for the Rams uh before we trade for Stafford, yeah, he would get to the Rams, but it's it's not the same as in basketball because one player doesn't tilt the tide that crazily as it can when there's only five guys contributing in basketball, whereas the NFL is 22 not counting special teams. So, yeah, it's just kind of a dumb argument. No, anyone can do it. Uh, They built the team to get into this position, and not everybody is afraid to go all in like they have. Um, And you could say that, yeah, eventually, not even the picks is going to come back to us, and I'm sure it will at some point, but if they continue to draft well in the later rounds... They'll be fine. I don't think we touched on any of the specific defensive players, but what a performance by the vast majority of guys in this defense in this game. We mentioned before the game, if they attacked the quarterback and the passers was succeeded, they would win. They did seven sacks. We talked about Aaron Donald and Von Miller a bit, man. Um, Von Miller worth every penny, bringing him in. If he leaves and we eat a second round pick, Who fucking cares? Uh, We're going to eat the third if he leaves, but we will get that back in a comp pick because if we can't afford him, he's going to get a huge bag. Uh, And then Aaron Donald, man, just (laughs) – he carried the team on that last defensive drive. Uh, I mentioned the tackle on P Ryan on third down, and obviously people aren't talking about that because they're talking about his play on fourth down where he sacked Joe Burrow in like literally half a second – it's so crazy how quickly he got off that ball and then got into the backfield. Um, no, I do not think he's retiring, but I think he will retire sooner than we think because the the man has now accomplished literally everything. And uh, I don't remember who I was having this conversation with, but like with Sean McVay, who I also don't think is going to retire – he could retire and go make the same amount of money, if not more, working 20% of the hours in the broadcast booth because he would get hired immediately and he'd be great at it. Uh, with Aaron Donald and with the vast, vast, vast majority of players to ever play football, I'm not signaling him out with this, um, there's not really anything he could go do that he's going to make $20 million a year. So, like, I, I don't think he's retiring for a couple years. But he's not going to play forever. And that being said, if he were to retire tomorrow, I would have no hard feelings. This guy has, I all not single handedly, but there's like two or three people you could point to that turned the Rams around, and he's one of them. And it's awesome to see him get the championship that he's deserved for a long time.
2: Oh, without question, without question. I, I mean, I mean, I I think the this is kind of more of a media narrative where. Could could you see Aaron Donald retiring tomorrow? I, I suppose. I mean, a lot of people are saying what what left does he or what it what's what is there left to do? Jeez, I can't talk today. What's there left for him to do? And and truthfully, there's not much else. I mean, this is a guy that dominated since the moment he was drafted. And on top of that, he finally got you know what he's been trying to get for the past couple of years now and that's a super bowl ring really his whole career but i mean it was more doable in the most recent years of his career uh so that being said i mean yeah i i it, it wouldn't be a total shock if he retired tomorrow but is it likely no i i i don't think that he would because Primarily, one of the reasons why I think Aaron Donald wouldn't retire is because I think that because of how good he he is at his job, and mind you, there is a time limit to what he can do with his job, I don't think he would squander it that quickly. And and mind you, I do see him retiring young. Like I, I don't see him staying in in uh, the NFL, like into his forties, as much as I'd love him to. Uh, but yeah, I could see him in, in his mid thirties, you know, just, you know, uh, calling it quits, you know, being a, uh, uh, you know, first ballot hall of famer, no, no doubt about it. And as for Sean McVay, I, I do imagine that he will, he will retire young uh, because, Really, I mean, he he doesn't have a whole lot to prove either. He got this. He made it to the Super Bowl twice in his young career, and like for him, it's all about family. And if it's for him starting a family, obviously there's a time limit on that. Um, and, and it's not so much just you know starting it. He wants to be around in it. So yeah, I do see him retiring young, but definitely not this year. Next year, heck, I, I don't even see him retiring two years down the line.
1: Yeah, well, his contract. Um, you talking about AD or McVeigh for two years down the line? McVeigh. Yeah, I think we, I, I think we got a bit of time for McVeigh. Um, with AD, he's got two years on, left on his contract. It wouldn't stun me if he retired after that. Um, but yeah, I think at least two years for both of them. I will say. I will say this because somebody told me this, um, and I don't want to name any names. Somebody I know talked to a player on the Bengals after the game, and he said that he was telling people he was retiring.
2: So, Wait, he he was telling people McVay or Donald was Do- retiring. Donald. <laughs> I'm
3: not, like naming, any, I'm not naming
1: any names on this, but uh, somebody did tell me that. I'd be missed if I didn't bring it up on the pod. Um, yeah, we talked about Von Miller. Uh, I, I feel like so much has been said about hey, A'shaun Robinson. I don't think there's much left to say, man, that, that huge game from him. Uh, monster performance. He was somebody who, like, I, I didn't really feel his impact for a lot of the season. Uh, I might be wrong in that. And he was somebody who, you know, if you cut him, you could have – you would eight $4,000 in dead cap, but you would have freed up five and a half mil. And they're definitely not fucking doing that now, man. Holy shit. Uh, he was a monster in this game. And Chris Consorts rightfully kept calling out whenever they put him in. <laughs> Cincinnati could not run the football.
2: I, I mean, he couldn't. He was, he, he was a, a key part of this game. And, and mind you, I do think he, he benefits with uh Aaron Donald and Von Miller um you know attacking the pass rush but um or even against the run but uh truthfully I, I mean this is a guy that I felt like he he did kind of get off got off to a slow start um but towards the middle of the season and and the end he he was a he was a force to be reckoned with and he even got even more better in the uh, in the playoffs so yeah, absolutely. I loved, loved what uh, I saw from A'shaun Robinson, and um, he's he's another one that I, I don't know if we win this game without him.
1: No way. I don't think so either. Joe Mixon might have ran wild if, if he didn't play in this game. Um, the last guy on my love list for the game, saving the best flash, Johnny, our man, Ernest motherfucking Jones, dude. What a monster performance for this guy. Coming back from an injury, getting the start. Once again, clearly being the best linebacker on the team by a country mile. Uh, making huge plays, defending passes, getting sacks. This dude's going to be a, a great player on this team for years to come, man. I am so happy that bounding the drum for drafting an inside linebacker for years, years, ended up being the correct take because he's going to change his defense, having a reliable player at that position.
2: Oh, absolutely. And, and I think, um, I think we felt his, his presence gone, you know, when, when he was unable to go um, these last, uh, the past few games, um, even in the, the last game against the, uh, the San Francisco 49ers. I, I don't, I could be wrong. But uh, I'd have to double check the snap count. But I don't think he played a whole lot in that game, did he? Uh
1: who? Ernest Jones.
2: Uh, Ernest Jones.
1: In last week's game.
2: Uh, against the 49ers.
1: No, I, I did he even play? I feel I don't even know if he was active.
2: I think he was active, but I guess it, it could have even been possible that they didn't put him in. I'll, I'll because... look it up.
1: I'll look it up while while you, while you talk. <laughs>
2: Uh, so yeah, I mean, even, you know, kind of looking away from the 49er game, the Arizona game, the uh, Buccaneers game, one of the areas that they were attacking was where Ernest Jones was missing. They were constantly passing it to Zach Ertz or Rob Gronk. And, and obviously, why wouldn't you, when you have guys like Troy Reeder you know, trying to, to guard them, even having to resort to um, having Jalen Ramsey covering guys like Gronk. And it's just, it's incredible that they've had to do that. But the truth is, they don't have another, you know, player like Ernest Jones um, in the depth. And I think that's definitely something that the Rams need to address, you know, in this offseason. But again, we'll we'll dive into that, topic uh in upcoming weeks
1: um Ernest Jones split snaps with uh with Traven Howard in the NFC Championship so you were right I was wrong
2: okay so yeah they they were probably easing him in because I mean he just came back from an injury so you know this it would only make sense to you know, kinda ease them back in rather than, you know, saying, okay, you're healthy, go back out there.
1: Yeah, um I'm trying to I'm trying to find the snap counts from from this week's game. But uh, whatever. Ah. We don't we, we don't really care. Uh yeah, Ernest Jones is a monster. <laughs> Love him. Love him to death. It's gonna be great. Uh any players that you wanted to single out that I missed? Hmm.
2: I, I guess you could certainly uh, give a big shout out to uh, you know Andrew Whitworth. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, this is a guy that uh, who clearly wanted a, a ring uh, and certainly deserved it. And uh, you know what? <laughs> even in his older age, I mean, this is a this is a guy that didn't even come to the Rams in his prime, and yet he he <laughs> dominated just about every year still. I, I mean, it, it's hard to believe that as old as he is, he continues to play at a high level. And and again, yes, I realize this is not, you know, prime big wit, but who the hell cares? He, he's still playing among one of the, uh among the top, I, I would say at least top 10 left tackles in the league.
1: Yeah, he, um, he he's. I feel like he was better this year than he had been in the past uh, Past couple. I will say he was definitely in his prime when he got here. Uh, 17, 18, he was as good as he's ever been. But, no, man, big shout out to him. He was the second highest graded offensive player for the Rams in this game on Pro Football Focus behind Cooper Cup. Uh, a- another guy who, when he got here, almost, I'd say... Gets, should get close to as much credit as they give McBay for turning the team around because our offensive line was a fucking joke for yeah. oh like a decade if not longer like like an absolute disaster for 10 years and this guy comes in and things just turn around uh because he was an anchor on that unit he's great in the locker room uh just an absolute legend if this is really is it for him and I feel like it is you know I don't think he's coming back um I don't either put him in the Rams ring of fame or whatever the hell they have. I don't know what they have um, because this guy has cemented his legacy for life with this team. This
2: is probably a stupid question, but should he be a hall of famer?
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, you know what? His longevity might get him there. uh. But I, I feel like like Tony vaselli just got in, right? So yeah. it, it, some linemen sit in the ballot for a while, but I think he's certainly played, he played what 16 seasons, you know, he's playing at 40. Um, he, you never know. I don't know. I, 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 my gut tells me no, but it's not out of the question. He, he's a guy that'll float around on the ballot. And I mean, based on this year's class, which I don't even know if we've talked about on the, the pod. Um, there are guys who they just like that sit in the ballot for a while that eventually they'll put him in. Uh, you know, a guy... Yeah, I mean... Well, I, I was going to say, a guy like Sam Mills just got in. Rest his soul, I'm happy for him. Um, his accolades don't exactly stack up to being a Hall of Famer, but he's a legend. Uh, he's a guy that is revered in pro football circles. And this was his last year on the ballot, and they put him in because... he. He probably should be in the Hall of Fame. You know, it, even if the accolades don't stack up, there's just some people that feel right to get in. Uh, and I could see, you know, Whitworth down the line. Maybe that happens to him too. I
2: kind of hope so because th- this is a guy that, you know, played on a high level his entire career, um, which was a very long career. But uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm kind of with you in the thought that I don't think he gets in. Uh which is disappointing, but uh, I mean, to if if any people that uh, do the Hall of Fame voting um are listening, put Tori Holt in the fucking Hall of Fame already.
1: yeah, <laughs> that that should be that we should dedicate a whole segment to that on our future pod, but it's crazy that they basically took this year's Hall of Fame class to just get people in the Hall of Fame that have been on the ballot for a while, and he wasn't one of them. Like, that's the craziest part. You know, they didn't even put in Demarcus Ware. Uh, but, like, they were like, yeah, we're going to get all these guys in that have been sitting here for a while, and they don't put him in. It's wild.
2: <laughs> I, I had to, man. It, it was just... We're talking Hall of Fame, and uh, Tory Holt still not being in it. Uh, it's just... It, it's... It's crazy to me that this guy isn't in the Hall of Fame yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, with wit, like, his career is, it's not as high of, like, his career wasn't as good as Jackie Slater's, but I feel like he has had kind of a similar career. I mean, you think that's fair? Ooh, not Not as high of a level, but, um... I mean Slater got into the Hall of Fame pretty quickly, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, first but or uh oof, You got to watch what you're saying no, no, there. No, no, no. Uh... I I am saying he <laughs>
1: had a better career, but I think a big reason Slater got in as quickly as he did was because of his longevity, right? The guy played for 20 years.
2: That that okay. Okay, I can accept that. Yes, that is true. Um yeah, I mean, Jackie Slater just dominated for as long as he possibly could like it didn't seem like he was ever going to retire. Yeah, and, maybe uh, that's
1: a maybe that's back comparison. Some of you guys might be screaming at me right now. Some of the Yeah, heads. And,
2: uh, <laughs> I'm about to butt heads with you on that <laughs> one, man. Uh, Legend, like, no what? disrespect.
1: Guy guy is easily a hall of famer, but I just like it like it, it's, it's 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 for wit, it's his longevity will be a big part of it.
2: Yeah, for sure. And and yeah, since you clarified that, it, it makes a whole lot of sense. Um, and, and truthfully, I, I really think that if if Andrew Whitworth really wants to, he could continue to play and continue to play at a high level. But the thing is, I mean, this is a guy that was flirting with retirement for what, for the past two or three years now? And now that he's finally got his goal uh, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think he's coming back.
1: We'll see. We'll see, man. I mean, like, yeah, if he plays two more years, he probably will get in the hall of fame. Like Frank Gore got in the hall of fame cause he played five years longer than he should have and just <laughs> padded his stats. Uh, and now he's like so high up the list of career rushing stats that like, you can't not put him in. Uh, you know, he won't be first ballot, but he's definitely going to get in.
2: I kind of feel like that's what Emmett Smith did, and I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, but Emmett Smith, he would have been a Hall of Famer before he did that. He did, that's what he did to get the record, but uh, yeah, okay. he very he very easily would have been a Hall of Famer if he retired when he should have. <laughs>
2: yeah, it just it it's an, it's incredibly crazy to how long some of these guys play, and some of it you could tell that it's just like record chase or or Hall of Fame chasing.
1: Yeah, but then there's Jerry Rice, who's catching 1,000 yards at, like, 42, uh, or Tom Brady, or Big Wit, you know? Some guys just, like, are very good forever. It's it's wild.
2: I mean, those are freaks of nature right there. Every, every single one of those guys you mentioned. I mean, Tom Brady, I, whether you love or hate the guy, he, he's no question a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, and Jerry Rice, I mean...
1: Yeah, to, go. we're literally talking about the two greatest players of all time. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I, I'd have a hard time arguing with anyone picking one of those two guys as the best player ever. Um, why don't we rapid fire through things we didn't like in this game? Ben Skoranek. I, I don't want. I don't even think I want to do the Skoranek thing today, man. <laughs> He's been dragged <laughs> enough. Uh. But, Jesus, man, congrats on the ring. Um, if you get cut next year, I will not shed a tear.
2: <laughs> Damn. I don't Shots know, fired. man.
1: Man, it's just like seeing Bryson Hopkins just walk in and play like as well as he did. It made me really, like, think about how bad he's been through the playoffs. And But he has to play because literally nobody else is on the team. uh johnny hecker john dude oh my like thank god he got a ring so he can just piece the fuck out right off into the sunset buddy he was so bad in this game if we lost he might have been the number one culprit that (laughs) the muff extra point kind of worked out because it made us be aggressive more aggressive than we would have late in the game and scoring a touchdown boy goddamn for the whole second half i was just sitting there like imagine if we made that extra point imagine if we made that extra point uh and on top of that his punts were terrible uh we oh, he, he a, hit a punt from the 50 yards 50 yard line and it got fair caught at the 16 dude like i love him i will always love him it's it's time to hang it up uh it is absolutely time to hang it up
2: did did you see his uh his rebuttal to some of these uh I I guess people were tweeting at him blaming him for his bets uh for you know lost money and stuff like that because of his muffed punt or muffed uh, um extra point?
1: No, I didn't. Those people are clowns, dude.
2: Oh, no doubt about it. I mean <laughs> Look, guys, I, that these these players aren't playing for your numbers. Drake as lost much as,
1: Drake lost like a million dollars because Odell got hurt, and he put up a congratulatory post after the game.
2: Yeah, I mean that's literally that's literally the whole point in gambling. You're not guaranteed uh, a win, and <laughs> anyway, is is uh, is tweet uh, quoting here says. One eight hundred bets off for all you people whining about me about your bets, and I'm like, <laughs> damn.
1: Hey, <laughs> I, I, uh, I gotta give it a shot to Joe Mixon. I bet five dollars that a non QB would throw a touchdown, so I won eighty five dollars. Well, damn. Thanks, Joey. You should have should have bet more. I thought it would have been Odell, but it was Joe, so I wasn't that upset yeah. when he threw that touchdown pass. <laughs>
2: it it was almost, uh, it was almost Cooper cup, right?
1: Yeah. That's on my don't like list. That play was clearly designed for Odell and they shouldn't have ran it because he was hurt.
2: Yeah. I, well, at the same time, you're, you're kind of, you know, throwing to Matthew Stafford who, you know, I, I understand that he's a little bit more mobile that, than people give him credit for.
1: But, uh, I mean, Cup Cup threw the ball like he was trying to peg someone in pickle. (laughs) He threw a fucking dart. (laughs) Like, he threw that ball so hard at his quarterback.
2: The sad thing is he was open.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know, but, like, I don't think they should have called that play because I feel like Odell is the guy they call those plays for, and they probably just subbed Cup in. They probably hadn't practiced it with Cup. I mean, I don't know. That wasn't the end of the world. Like, if they lost the game, I wouldn't be sitting here pointing at that play. But, no. yeah.
2: There's plenty of other plays to point out
1: um, that than that one anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, we dragged Van Jefferson already. We don't need to do it again. Um, Jalen Ramsey stunk in this game. And I'm not going to drag him yes, because we, we wouldn't have been here without him. But, boy. I, I know the, the the T Higgins play. You know he, he got fouled, is what it is. But like he got victimized by Jamar Chase in a couple plays. And um,
2: I I tend to be a little skeptical of everything that I see on the internet nowadays, um, especially because like if you want to fit a certain narrative especially if uh, you, you're one of the many people trying to, you know, victimize the Bengals for the refs going their way, which astonishes me. But, um, you know, I, I seen like a photo of like Aaron Donald being uh, over the line and he's he was off sides and that was supposedly the last play of the game, which it wasn't. Um, but there was a photo where it shows... The supposed last play of the game, where where Joe Burrow was sacked, and um, it shows that Jamar Chase has has like a huge lead because of uh, Jalen Ramsey being on the floor. Um, yeah, if if uh, Joe Burrow isn't sacked, uh, that this could be a very different outcome.
1: Yeah, man, I forgot to look at that when I rewatched the game, but uh yeah it's tough dude that would have been a fucking nightmare um yeah yeah i had a bad day but listen man he's an all pro he's great i'm glad i'm glad we're not coming on here blaming him for losing the game i'm very happy we're not doing that uh i also had the officiating on my list so i'm glad you brought it up i it it was a pretty shitty rough game all around and no you can't everyone knows that listen's podcast where I stand on blaming the officials for losses. If the Rams lost this game, I wouldn't be sitting here pointing just to the T Higgins play. I would have been sitting here pointing to the Rams just being lifeless on offense in the second half. Um, but yeah, they missed that call. You know, that's one of the, that's a huge blown call to miss that face mask. And some of those calls at the end of the game were a little suspect. It felt like we were getting some makeup calls, um, now they call they called the hold on Havenstein. You know it wasn't just on the Bengals, but just a poorly officiated game. But that being said, no, the officials aren't the reason the Bengals lost, and they wouldn't have been the reason we lost if we had lost either. Even though they directly gave up seven points for us,
2: I, I just I thought it was hilarious that that was even like being discussed how the officiating is what won or lost the game for either side. It just... I, I mean, there were some blatantly bad calls. I, I don't think anyone can deny that. But to suggest that either side benefited more than the other because of, you know, some bad calls, no. There there was clearly some... There was clearly reasons why uh, it could have gone either way.
1: And And there were no... 2018 NFC Championship level missed calls in this game, even for us. Even the T Higgins play wasn't even close to that level. Mm, it was not, dude. <laughs> mm, well, I don't know, man. It was. I mean, it, it was. It, it was a tough miss call, but it was still like a bang bang play. Um, and honestly, it kind of felt like Jalen Ramsey clearly got face maxed. Clearly, I, I'm not trying to dispute that. Kind of felt like he flopped afterwards, and I feel like the officials might have thought he flopped. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them in real time. It looked like he flopped, and then they showed the replay, and obviously, yeah, he got face masked, so he might have not flopped at all. Um, but it, it was not its not at that level. <laughs> oh man, again, this is gonna stop before we get some Saints, Saints fans in here. They got the ball in overtime, they could have won the game. We've been sitting here for years talking about – I mean, even this year, we're sitting here shitting on the overtime rule because both teams don't get the ball. But we conveniently don't talk about that when we talk about that NFC championship game. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah. Um, The running game in this game was an absolute disaster, and it felt like Stockholm Syndrome where they just kept running the ball up the middle even though they knew it was going to work. Um, I also really hated that on the first drive of the game, on third and nineteen, they ran a draw and just gave up, which bummed me out. But ultimately, it was a well coached game, so I'm not too upset about any of this. I
2: mean, you really can't be. Uh, I I think going into this game, we kind of realized that the ground game was gonna it was gonna be tough for him because the Bengals were. You know, always good against the run all season long. So, I mean, it just kind of worked out this way that the Rams just faced, you know, elite, you know, front sevens. I I have no idea how that happened, but it happened.
1: Yeah. I'm not concerned about Cam Akers at all. You know, Daryl Henderson actually I thought played really well in this game. It makes me feel better about the backfield of the future. Sony Michelle's not going to be here next year. There's no way, Um, given the priorities they have to. Bring back. That was I think that was my whole dislike list.
3: There was a lot to like
1: yeah. in this game. They won the fucking game. I, I I don't know what to tell anyone. If I wanted
2: to be a Derek Downer, I would talk about how um all the safeties not named Derek Weddle didn't play that well either. Yeah, they were not great. Rap was not great. I won't be a Derek Downer.
1: Um yeah. Yeah, they were not great. But it's fine. I, I we're getting Fuller back next year, you know. And Scott played really well up until this game. I think there's larger concerns with Taylor Rapp, if we're being honest. Um, I don't know, yeah. but it, it is what it is. I mean, he's not the cog on this defense. If we could get by with Troy Reader, we could get by with Taylor Rapp. I mean, at least he got married. <laughs> That's true. Congra- congrats, Taylor Rapp.
2: Uh, well, I mean, not married he, he got engaged he, he got engaged. engaged
1: good for him good for him um i mean it, they i i i spent three hundred and sixty dollars on merch for this game.
2: <laughs> I actually need to buy some i have no I haven't had the time to do it
1: well, some of that shit uh it, it, you know they're not gonna stock it forever like There was like a $50 Odell super Bowl bobblehead. And I was like, this is a waste of money. But then I was like, well, I'll never be able to buy this again. So I bought it. You know, I,
2: I saw this shirt. It was actually on a news, a local newscast where, um, it was Odell, like uh, a picture. Well, it was like a, his skull, but it had his beard and yellow hair. And the number three like etched into the front of his skull. Yeah, he's got like, purple hair on the bobblehead. Oh, that dude, I, I, I
1: really want that shirt. <laughs> I hope he'd find it again. It sounds like a dope shirt. I, that, I bought that, that was a sweet shirt, man. Yeah, I bought like a tie dye Super Bowl champ shirt. I don't wear tie dye. I just thought it looked cool.
2: <laughs> well we got Steve's a hippie now, apparently. Yeah.
1: I've been I've been debating getting a mini helmet for a while and they had one with the Super Bowl logo so I was like, yeah, fuck it. Uh so they fin- shout out to Fanatics, they took all my money. Good for them. And I haven't even been able to get the Super Bowl patch or jerseys yet cuz they're not selling them online yet.
2: <laughs> yeah. I I'm I'm going to go broke eventually soon too. I just need to you know, actually do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh all right. Well, I guess the off season for us officially starts next week. So you got any any final Super Bowl thoughts? I'm sure we'll be talking about this forever in some ways, but um Yeah, I don't know if there's any other topics you wanna hit.
2: No, no, just uh enjoy it while it lasts, guys, because uh, long road to the twenty twenty two season.
1: It was and it was a long twenty years in between these Super Bowls. Uh you could kinda tell a lot of the time, who the L.A. fans are versus who the long-term fans are because we are way grumpier and less optimistic about this team. I-, I think the last two playoff games, I've just been sitting there like, they're going to fucking lose this game. They're going to fucking lose this game. And then they just didn't. It was crazy. They just didn't. It's like, wow, they actually won. Yeah, I'm just so used to being heartbroken by this team. But it's in- it's incredible, man. What a feeling. What a feeling! My first memory as a Rams fan was Adam Vinatieri kicking the game-winning field goal in the Super Bowl. So this is delightful. Oh man, that, that's that's a terrible fucking memory. I know. That's that's my first memory. That's the like the earliest thing I could remember of actually watching a Rams game. <laughs> was that?
2: Well, on that lovely note, uh, yeah, enjoy it while it lasts, guys.
1: All right. Uh, well, you know where to follow us on Twitter at Steve Ribeiro, at Johnny Five Not Six, at Talk Rams, uh, and we will be back next week. How How would you evaluate your season?
2: Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, you personally? I think
1: we ain't done yet.